Welcome back to the Everything That Came Before Grace podcast. I'm Bill C. Despite swearing these parties off for good, Benjamin can't resist and drags Sophia along to Anna and Keith's Christmas party. While Sophia goes to hang out with another girl at the party, Benjamin drifts out to the kitchen where Anna is making hors d'oeuvres. As the conversation ensues, Benjamin goes from nursing his scotch to gulping it, and things get tense and confrontational, and everyone at the party, Keith included, overhears them. Benjamin storms off, but the night isn't quite over yet. So I won't give it away, but let it be said this chapter didn't exist in the early drafts. I inserted this chapter because I felt Benjamin needed a fall from grace, specifically in Sophia's eyes, a place from which to try and climb out and try and get some redemption. So let's leave it at that, shall we? So here it is, chapter 25, and it's a doozy, The Christmas Party. Chapter 25, The Christmas Party, Late December, 2012 It's Anna and Keith's Christmas party tonight. I told myself I wasn't going to go to any more of their parties, but here I am trying to ignore the elephant again. I'm sitting on an arm of their couch nursing a scotch, surrounded by a room full of their friends, who, thanks to Mikey and Marcy, probably all know I'm still hung up on Anna. Another couple brought their daughter, also 14, so Sophia's watching one of the Twilight movies with her in the den. Classic Keith. He's got Michael Bublé's turgid Christmas record on. I can't take any more, so I ditch it for Phil Spector's A Christmas Gift to You, then drift out to the kitchen to chat with Anna, who's fixing more hors d'oeuvres. I figure if people are going to talk, give them something good to talk about. Anna looks so beautiful in an emerald green dress perched tastefully on some heels, her hair up showcasing some stylish hoop earrings. I station myself on a bar chair at the island in the middle of her kitchen. Pots and pans hang down from an overhead rack. Behind her, rows of every spice you can imagine are stacked in alphabetical order. All sorts of wooden spoons and measuring cups abound. It's like being in a Williams-Sonoma kitchen display. I look down, and Anna's old dog, Molly, is leaning against her leg. Molly's a tough old broad, isn't she, I say. I'm just trying to remember every day is a blessing with her, she says, handing me a stuffed mushroom. Here, try this. Enough garlic? Mmm, amazing, I say. You really could have been a professional chef. You sure have the kitchen for it. I did consider it, she says. I remember, I say, savoring the bite. But you know my mom. Gotta be practical, Anna, she says, spinning around to scan the spice rack. It's never too late, eh, I say, sneaking a finger into the bowl of mushroom stuffing for another taste. She catches me and swats my hand playfully, 
Hey, no more, she scolds, then adds, Nah, that was a couple lifetimes ago. She goes back to stirring for a minute, and I refill my glass. So, are you okay, she says, looking up. Any more panic attacks? Not like that one day, I answered, feeling embarrassed. You never told me what triggered it, she says, slicing some beautiful Roma tomatoes into small and perfectly symmetrical cubes. Oh, I was on the phone with Sophia, and I told her she couldn't go to Coachella, and she started saying some pretty awful things to me. She never talked to me like that before. Suddenly, this crazy darkness started to come over me. I couldn't breathe. That's so scary, she says, tearing some basil leaves off a stem and throwing them in a bowl with the tomatoes. She mixes in some olive oil and announces, Voila, bruschetta. Here, try some. Mmm, this is our cue, I tell her. She makes a quizzical face. Restaurant quality, I say. She smiles. So how are things with Sophia now? Mm, pretty good, I say. Things are just changing so fast. I'm trying to keep up, but she's pulling away. I don't know what I'm doing. Benjamin, come on. You're literally the best dad around, and everyone thinks so. Seriously. Yeah? Well, you should have heard me trying to comfort Sophie when she got her first period. Or when I tried to give her the birds and the bees talk. No matter what I do, I'll never be her mom. Speaking of which, I just had a nightmare dinner with Catherine's parents. They still think they can control me with money and all these veiled threats to take Sophie away. Jesus, she says. Well, you know a good lawyer if you need one. At least, while well, I am still a lawyer. What's that supposed to mean, I ask. Nothing, she says, brushing it aside. Just office politics. You got this, eh, I say. You know I always believed in you. I watch her eyes soften. It hurts my heart just looking at her. Ever since that phone call when we both admitted we still love each other, no one said a word about it. But every time I see her, I feel like I'm going to explode. It's so goddamn hard holding back these feelings. Every night I lay in bed dreaming of her next to me. If she only knew how stuck I feel, unable to let anyone else into my heart. I've stopped savoring my scotch. I've moved on to gulping. And I pour myself another. So, are you still seeing that same therapist, she asks? Yep, still getting my head good and shrunk, I say. Well, that's good for you, yeah? Yeah, I just wish I could tell you I'm crushing it. I pause. So what's this about work, I ask. Oh, I don't know, she says, leaning forward, resting her hands against the countertop. I keep hearing how great I'm doing at every review, but I keep getting passed over for a partnership. It's really an old boy's world there. Honestly, I'm starting to think I'll never climb any higher. I guess I, guess I thought things would be different. Why don't you start your own firm, I say. All women, just screw dealing with men, you know? Pill for the clients and just go for it. Happens all the time. Well, I've thought about leaving, but Keith says I'd be crazy to leave the biggest and best entertainment firm in town. Wow. Way to believe in your wife, Keith. What do you mean, she asks. You feel underappreciated and stuck, and he tells you to suck it up because it's some hotshot firm? I'm just surprised. To be honest, it's a fucking ignorant thing for him to say. She winces. 
I thought you and Keith were good now. Well, he needs to think that, I say. What do you mean, she asks. I mean, he convinced me to be his best man, put on a big show for everyone, but he knows what he did was shady. He never had any respect for our relationship. Come on, that's not fair, Anna says, giving me a scowl. Really, I say. You know what he is? He's, he's Panglossian. Benjamin, spare me your five-dollar words. I'm serious. He's perversely optimistic, but it's just a front. What? You don't find that annoying? She just stares at me. I pour myself another drink as Mikey walks into the kitchen. He sees Anna and me together and gives me a knowing look. Don't stop talking on my account, he says, opening the freezer and dropping an ice cube into his glass. Anna looks at Mikey, then back at me and says, I was just going to ask Benjamin if he was seeing anyone. Mikey stands there, swirling the ice in his glass. No, I finally say, nothing serious. Okay, what about not serious, Anna asks. I look down, don't say anything. Maybe Benny's still hung up on someone, Mikey interrupts. Maybe you should mind your own fucking business, I tell him. Oh, maybe Mikey could take the bruschetta and stuff mushrooms to the living room, Anna says, trying to defuse it. Mikey shrugs and picks up the tray of hors d'oeuvres and returns to the living room. Anna waits until he's out of earshot, then says to me, Benjamin, you really should start dating. Just get yourself out there. If you don't let your heart do what it's meant to do, it'll die. I stare daggers at her and try and control the internal voices going off. Are you fucking kidding me right now? How can you say that to me? Fucking know how I feel and know how you feel. She looks away and starts fussing with a cheese plate. I keep staring at her. She must feel my eyes on her, because when she looks up, she's got her goddamn eyes on kill setting. I can't take it anymore. I figure with time it would become easier with you, I start to say. Just don't, Benjamin, she interrupts. Do you know how hard it's been keeping everything inside, I say? You can't do this here, she says. I just wish you never told me you still have feelings for me, I say. She side-eyes the other room, then looks me dead in the eye. Well, you didn't have to tell me either. Yeah? Well, I should have told Keith to get someone else to be his best man. Everything was easier when I didn't have to see you. Well, that didn't happen, now did it, she says, putting her hands on her hips. And now we're here. I give a rueful salute with my glass and down my drink. I pour another. Listen, she says, lowering her voice. I don't know if you think I just got together with Keith and went on with my life as if nothing happened, but I didn't. I was angry at you, Benjamin, for a very long time. I thought you were weak and did a douchey thing. I thought you used that whole have-to-be-a-father thing as an excuse so you could justify what you'd done. So you can cast aspersions at Keith or me, but there's plenty of blame to go around. I know that, I say, pausing. I know. I take a deep breath. Listen, A, I need to tell you something. That night, Catherine drove me to a bar after we left Keith's party. When we got there, I started to feel bad about everything, and I called Dan to come rescue me. Wait, what, she asked. But when he got there, I just, I just wouldn't budge. But why, she asked. I've asked myself that a million times, I say. I mean, I guess I wanted to hurt you back, 
for freezing me out and for, for flirting with Keith at the party right in front of me. Look, if I could undo everything, I mean, if I'd known what was going to happen, I don't know what to say, she says. I know. I fucked up, I say. Believe me, not a day goes by. I don't think about what happened that night. But I never stopped loving you, eh? Never. Come outside with me, she says, motioning towards the sliding glass door leading to the patio. But I don't budge, and I don't stop, because it's Anna, and I can never stop with her. I just want to know one thing, I say. Why did you tell me you needed a break when you got back to L.A.? You were so good when you left. It just didn't make sense. Because you were a lot, Benjamin. It started to feel like a ton on me. So you took up with old easygoing Keith, Mr. Chill, Mr. Integrity, who didn't wait five minutes before he swooped in on you? You're going to give a lecture on integrity, she says, throwing it back at me? How long did Keith wait, I say, raising my voice? A couple of days? A week? Jesus, Anna, that didn't feel just a little shady to you? I noticed some heads turn from the other room. We could have had another chance after Catherine died, but you just didn't want to deal with how heavy it was, did you? She looks down. It's just so fucking wrong. He gets to have a life with you, I say. You're the one who cheated, she hisses at me. You know Keith will never love you like me. You know he'll never make you feel like me. You know he'll never get you. I sure as hell wouldn't tell you to stay at a job that doesn't appreciate you. Jesus Christ, eh? Now everyone is looking at us. What the fuck are you looking at? I yell at everyone staring. Like I'm saying something you don't already know? Nothing to see here, Anna says at everyone gawking. Benjamin just had a little too much to drink, that's all. What are you doing to me right now, I say to her. You said you still love me, eh? Anna shoots me a glare that could halt a hurricane. Keith gets up and walks towards us. Ben, come on, Keith says to me. Let's go outside and cool off. Why don't you just back off for once, I tell him. Listen, Ben, Keith says, taking hold of my arm. Whatever was, was. But you're in my house now. Anna's my wife. So why don't you spare me your fucking speeches, I tell him, breaking free from his grip. Now you know what it feels like. Ben, I thought we worked through this. Yeah, keep telling yourself that, I say. Come on, man. Don't you get it, I say to him. Don't you fucking get it? I needed you. I needed my best friend, but you took her from me and left me to rot. Fucking hell, man. Well played, my friend. You got her. I'm out of here. Soph, I call out, taking out my keys. Come on, time to go. Sophia! Wait, Anna says to me. Be smart. You've got Sophia. Sophia walks up. Dad, she says. What's going on? Nothing. It's just time to go, I tell her. It's late. Get your things. Are you all right? Sophia asks me. I'm just tired. Come on. Benjamin, Anna says, let Keith drive you home. Keith is the last person I want to be with right now, I tell her. Sophia and I pile into my car and head down Beverly. I roll my window down to let the dry, wintry wind blow against my face. We make our way past the golf course, then Highland. I glance back at Sophia, who's lost in whatever is filling her earbuds. I'm replaying the party in my mind as we whiz past the blur of red and green Christmas lights that still adorn the houses on Beverly. I'm hearing all the words I said to Anna, and I see the look in her eyes. The look on everyone's face. 
And Keith, fucking Keith. I approached the La Brea intersection. That little voice that's supposed to plant the seed of doubt about something you shouldn't be doing is nowhere to be heard. I speed up to make the red, but my turn goes too wide, and I overcorrect right in front of a cop. The red lights go on, and my heart sinks. Fuck. From there, everything is hazy. I remember the cop asking me questions. Then I remember he said to get out of the car, and Sophia calling out, Dad, what's going on right now? I can't look at her. She starts yelling something at the cop, but her voice sounds like it's underwater. My mind starts folding in on itself. Torrents of shame and self-loathing. I don't remember getting cuffed or being put in the back seat of the squad car, other than staring at the back of Sophia's head and her refusing to turn around. The ride to the police station is just a fog. I hated to do it after everything that happened tonight, but I had to call Anna so she could come down and play lawyer. They take Sophia somewhere, and I sit in the holding cell waiting for Anna to show. I start hearing the bad voices telling me I'm shit, and Sophia would be better off without me. When Anna shows up, I'm despondent. I ask if Sophia's okay and tell her to get her out of there. I talk to her. She's okay, Anna tells me. She's just a little freaked out. Do you think she'll ever forgive me, I ask? Anna looks like she's trying to think of the right thing to say, but nothing comes out. I really fucked up, didn't I, I say. Let's just try to get through this, she tells me. Can you just hold me for a minute, I say. I'm kind of losing it here. Anna puts her arms around me and I slowly melt into her, like sinking into a big exhaling pillow. She moves her hand up to cradle the back of my head like a mother consoling her son after a bad Little League game. I just want to stay in her arms until it all goes away. I'm sorry for tonight, I say into her ear. I'm just, I'm sorry. Benjamin, she says back into my ear, I don't think we can hang out anymore. Not for a while, anyway. Keith is pretty pissed. 